Have you ever had those moments in your life where you've just come to the end of your rope, where you're just like, I am, I'm just done. Uh, we just become really aware that just the way you're living is not working for you. Uh, it's not bringing out your best. It's not helping you flourish. Instead, it can feel chaotic or depressing or causing you to have terrible habits or to have poor mental health. Uh, if you felt like that in your life at any point, you're not alone. So be encouraged. In fact, we all have these moments uh, where we realise that just the way we're living is just not working. And sometimes it can be a slow dawning in terms of just the relentless, uh, you know, I thought life was tough in my 20s. <laughs> Turns out the Groundhog Day and the relentless grind of young children and the, and the sort of Groundhog Day of my life, sometimes it can, you know, you just get to the point where you're like, oh, this is not working very well. I need to be, you know. Other times it can be like an external crisis that hits you and all of a sudden your coping mechanisms or your emotional tank gets depleted very, very quickly and you realise you don't have the rhythms to help sustain you to live well. Uh, it can happen in a, very, a sort of variety of ways. Um, but the, if you are wise in those moments, you will begin to analyse if the way that you are living is helping you flourish or not, helping you stay close to Jesus or not. Uh, Dave Riddell, who I did some counselling with back in the day and some courses with, he's famous for saying this statement, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got, uh, which is so, so true. Like you go, oh man, you know, if I keep on behave, you know, living, if my average days or weeks continue to be like this, I'm just going to continue to get what I've always got, uh, which sometimes, as I said earlier, is, is, I don't know, poor mental health or, or, or just um, relying on the wrong things to bring comfort or whatever it may be. Um, I, I had a big moment like this in my mid-twenties. Uh, I'd been in ministry at that point about five years, and I was just, I was so ill-disciplined. Like, just unbelievable. Like for a, I was leading a student church, so thankfully it wasn't adults, so like the consequences were slightly less because they were, Gemma was part of that congregation, which is a bit scary. Anyway, stay quiet, Gems. Um I just, it wasn't, I just, I was in a terrible place. And again, it wasn't, in my case, it wasn't uh, an external crisis. It was just that my, I just did not have the disciplines in place you should have as a pastor. Uh, and so I was not setting the priorities for my life and living to them. I was letting others dictate the priorities. And I was just getting blown around by the winds of expectation. I was tired. I was unfit. I lacked discipline in my devotional life. And again, I'll just say I was tired. Now, this is before I had children. So I look at my life then and I'm like, oh, the margin I had and the, and the freedom I had and how quickly I could probably live and step into healthy rhythms. Ironically, as you get wiser, you know, you get less freedom and flexibility in terms of what your life can be anyway in that space. So I was so frustrated and I decided I needed to make some changes um, and so for the first time, but definitely not the last time, I was like, that's it, that's it, it finishes today. And I made what I called the new man plan. I was like, it's the Sam's, and I literally wrote it out, this is Sam's new man plan. And I got out my little journal and I was like, here's how I want to live rather than how I'm living. 
And so I set this whole new regime up that was going to start the next morning, and it did, uh, in terms of what it was going to look like. And so and rather than just wake up, the, the, you know, like in your 20s, like I'd wake up, like what's the shortest amount of time I need to like get through the basic hygiene stuff in the morning and even then marginal and get to the meeting. You know, so like, you know, 10 minutes before my first meeting, I'd wake up and like just, you know, and like... I mean, you're sitting in the, you know, in the meeting and just had horrific rhythms anyway. And so I was, all right, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get up six o'clock in the morning, which I thought was middle of the night. It now is just normal kind of, yeah, involuntary. Yeah, that's a sleep in. So, um, so I was going to get six in the morning and I'm going to go for a run. Now, uh, the fine specimen you see before you uh, today, um, it wasn't always the case. And so, uh, and I hadn't run at all. Like, I've actually done three half marathons now, but I hadn't run at all. And, yeah, right, so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a goal and do, like, half marathon. I got up that first morning, and I couldn't run 1K without, you know, hands on knees, just completely shattered. I was so unfit. And this is mid-20s. Again, this is the primer when you're meant to be all go. But ministry is just donuts and, and meetings and, you know, so... I was like, I'm going to have a run, then I'm going to, go, uh, I'm going to sit with the Lord, I'm going to listen to a podcast, and I'm going to, and so I was like, and I did, I, I wrote this new man plan in terms of what my physical life would look like and my uh, devotional life would look like, and I began to work on my Sabbath rhythms uh, at that point, and I had this whole new man plan, and it totally changed my life. Did I fall off the wagon? Yes. But um, as I talked about earlier in the communion little talk, thankfully I had a healthy theological worldview for even in my 20s that said, even if I fall off the wagon, that's not fatal. I can get back on the wagon. It's just in the top two inches is where the battle is. So let's just choose to get into the habit of getting back on the wagon as quickly as I can. Only reason I'm standing here today is because I've learned to get back on the wagon when I've fallen off the wagon on anything in my life. And so uh, I would run to the one who could help me rather than run from him. Um, but what I did in that moment, it turns out, was effectively what the ancient uh, monastic leaders called a rule of life, uh, where, they, where they encouraged people that were serious about following Jesus to develop a new man plan about what it would look like to have a healthy rhythms in our days and weeks. And they called this a rule of life. This is what my rules are in terms of how I want to live my life. And these are the priorities that I'm going to have. And what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to give a little talk, but what we're mainly going to do is make a new man plan. This is going to be a practical talk rather than just a theory talk. And we're going to hand these out in a minute. And we're going to work on a new man plan together, okay? Um, but can I just say, one of the things that we're going to go after in Bay Vineyard, and oh my gosh, am I excited about what God is going to do in the coming years. The next decade is going to be exciting, okay? I'm just going to put that out there. And actually, FYI, I'm going to give you, hopefully this next Sunday, a save the date for a day of prayer and vision that we're going to have in November, where we're going to, uh, on a Saturday, so I'm going to give you lots of warning, we're going to get together here, and we're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to pray and seek His face together, and I'm working and talking to lots of you about what I think the Lord's calling us to, and on that day, we're going to um, share some of that, but also we're going to pray into it, and, and we're going to really go after renewal in the bay. I'm very excited about what God wants to do in and through us. Um, but we aren't going after just more biblical knowledge, even though I love that. We've got a, a theologian, Sean Dutoy, coming in, uh, in about a month's time, and he's just 
He's a legend. We're going to have a special Saturday night event where theological and Bible news can come together and we can just um, hear some Bible geekery and then we can ask the big curly questions we've got about the Bible and, and then he's going to sh- open our series on Ephesians. So I'm all into that. I love it. Like it's, it's so life-giving. Love him with all of your mind, right? But often in church, I think we've made the Christian life all just about knowledge. And it's actually meant to be about formation, about learning to be an apprentice of Jesus, that his life increasingly becomes our life and that we experience as we choose to live in his rhythms and in his uh, and have these habits that form us we increasingly become more like him and that's why at this stage our, one of our little unofficial things is that we want to be learn to be with Jesus which is devotional stuff become like him which is character stuff and do what he did if he was you and that's all about just being a blessing to others in every way seeing the kingdom come and so uh, so that's what we're going to go after is, is spiritual formation. The, the reality is that everyone is getting spiritually formed some way or another in the world. Everyone's getting spiritually formed some way uh, or another. There's unintentional spiritual formation and there's intentional spiritual formation. So this is kind of how, how we get formed. These are the things that shape us. Uh, to become something. And you are going to become somebody, whether you like it or not. You are changing and you are going to become somebody. So you will be somebody in your 70s or 80s. It depends whether that has been an intentional process or an unintentional process. If it's an unintentional process, often that results in uh, in you not being a very nice old person. (laughs) And we've all met them. Uh, If you're intentional... And you, and you learn to walk with Jesus, then you've got every chance of becoming a little saint, a dear old saint. And we've got a few of them in our church. Dear saints. So here's how we get formed. Firstly, the, the stories that we believe, in terms of unintentional uh, formations, the stories we believe. Um, what you believe about God, the world, your body, the purpose of humanity. Like everyone's got some sort of paradigm here around the stories that people believe. Secularism is a story. Islam is a story. Humanism is a story. All of shape, all of these stories that we believe shape how we live in the world. We have a media that's just completely filling our young people and everyone really, but especially our young people with here's the story that you should believe about your body, about the planet, about what's important. Here's the narrative that matters. Uh, So secondly, then you've got uh, relationships. These form you. You become like the people you hang out with. Bad uh, company, they say, uh, what is it? Bad company corrupts good character. You know, all I want for my boys is to have good buddies, especially during the high school years. Amen? Like, I was so fortunate. I had good buddies in my, in my high school years, and they saved my bacon in more ways than one. Uh, just eternally, and I'm praying already for my boys. I want you to have good friends. But I tell you what, who you hang out with is who you'll become. The priorities of the group that you hang out with will become your priorities. Uh, so let's move on there uh, into our habits. And so, you know, the things that you do. It's interesting, we've all got habits. It's whether we've been intentional about them or not. Some people are in the habit of uh, we don't eat dinner together, we eat it in front of the TV and whatever. But that's just one day someone did that and then you did it the next night and then it just became a habit because it's easy. You know, and we all just sat in front of the box and we had, uh, we ate dinner and 
So, I, you know, so these habits begin to, to shape uh, you uh, and who you are. And all of that is tied up around um, this, uh, is shaped by your environment. Uh, in our case, the culture of the Hawke's Bay or the culture of the phone that you're buried in. And over time, uh, you uh, just continue to be uh, formed uh, by, the, by the sum of these factors. Uh, and that determines uh, who you are. And if uh, if you woke up tomorrow and went through your day, these things would be forming you and you'd be on your way to becoming somebody. So this is how most people live their lives, with an unintentional, unintentional spiritual formation taking place. In contrast, on the right-hand side there, we have intentional spiritual formation, uh, or put another way, the factors that shape the kind of person who's striving to follow Jesus and become like him. In place of stories, we have teaching or truth. We learn from the Scriptures. We open the Word on Sundays. We read the Scriptures, hopefully, on our own. We receive truth from books or podcasts or friends so that we can be shaped by the truth of God and His world. Uh, in the place of relationships that just are kind of there by default, we have community. Uh, we're going to make this increasingly a big deal in Bay Vineyard. Uh, our conviction is that over time, by being in loving, intentional community, you will become like Jesus. Rather than just say, I'm just going to drift along and say, no, in a very disconnected world, we are going to imitate Jesus who was in Trinity. We are going to imitate Jesus who formed community himself. And we are going to be with people. And we're going to be in each other's lounges like we've been. And we're going to really get to know each other. We're going to share our hearts. In the place of habits, we have practices. Uh, and this is, again, we'll be talking a lot about this in terms of these daily practices that are the way of Jesus. You know, the early church wasn't called the church. It was called followers of the way. It was kind of like, this is, these people are living a way. And so these are the people that are doing this stuff. And so that's what they called them, the followers of the way. And so we believe that by adopting the practices and lifestyle of Jesus, we align our character to become more like Jesus. So we choose to pray. We choose to, uh, to have margin or to withdraw to lonely places. We choose to live simply, but then have beautiful Sabbaths where it's a real treat. We choose to live generously. And these are not only practices we do, but they have formative power to change who we are from the inside out. So as I choose to do this, it moves from me something I choose to do to something I become. As I choose to be generous, always when you start with any discipleship around, I'm going to live generously, not just for myself. It's a choice initially. I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to give to my church. I'm going to give to those in need around me. And it's a choice. But then you keep doing that. You just become a beautifully generous person. All right? And all of this happens in the environment, so, or more accurately for us, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so God, now interesting here also, you've got high control, low control stuff. So the high control stuff is the stuff that you can choose. I'm going to choose to come under teaching. I'm going to choose to be in community. I'm going to choose to put these practices in place. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit and we're going to be going up. We need the Holy Spirit more than ever in the bay. And to do what I think the Lord's calling us to, we're going to need more power from on high. So we're going to be praying and fasting as we go into next year. And we're going to have an extra prayer meetings. We're going to go for it because we want the Holy Spirit to invade our church and the bay, but also to learn to be with the Holy Spirit every day. So all of these things we can choose, but and that's high control. But then there's low control stuff. There's stuff you are not in control of that shape you. And we've been talking a lot about that, uh, that uh, the, the things that have happened in your life have shaped you. 
For for better or for worse, those traumatic experiences, those difficult things, they have shaped who you are. And in Jesus, as we invite him into those places, we get transformed primarily through suffering to become more like him, interestingly. It's through those painful, the painful pressure that if we allow the Lord into those spaces, he brings healing and he brings hope. And it's not like we have all the answers, but we become more beautiful as we allow him into those spaces. So you've got this whole, that's how you change. That's our working model in terms of, this is how people get formed spiritually. And so uh, Peter Scazzaro explains this in terms of the intentionality behind this whole thing in his book, which you're all reading, obviously. He says, a rule of life, very simply, is an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything that we do. It provides guidelines to help us continually, continually remember God as the source of our lives. It includes our unique combination of spiritual practices that provide structure and direction for us to intentionally pay attention and remember God in everything we do. The starting point and foundation of any rule is a desire to be with God and to love Him. I love this quote from Dallas Willard. You must arrange your days so that you are experiencing deep contentment, joy and confidence in your everyday life with God. You know, uh, as, as I've pursued this myself, I haven't done it because pastors should, even though they should. <laughs> I haven't, I've done it because I'm like, I know that when I haven't lived with the priorities of God as my priorities, it takes some time, but it feels like you're living against the grain of how God's wired you. And it's easy to, you know, Jesus said there's a wide road that just that leads to destruction in the sense that it's just easy, but it doesn't bring life. So there's a whole cultural flow into habits and practices and all that. that don't, but then there is this road that leads to life in all of its fullness. And as I've kind of almost humbled myself, and I think this is what's required, to humble myself and say, okay, God, I actually want to live like you and I want to be close to you. And so this is what it's going to look like. In the morning, I'm going to read the Bible every morning. Now, it's been five years of a fight, but I feel like now it's default. Get up, and I'm in the Word. And I just sit in there. I'm not a, I'm, the thing I'm nervous about even talking about my spiritual disciplines is that I come across like, you know, like those annoying, just naturally disciplined people? You know, you probably know someone who's naturally just organized and just can really quickly have a really sweet kind of rhythm. I'm not that guy. I'm a mess. I'm spontaneous. I'm lazy. I'm all of that stuff that you are, right? All of you thinking, I can't do this because I'm just a wide like a Muppet. It's like, no, I'm you. But but you've got to fight for these things. They don't come easy and you fight for them. And then eventually you don't have to fight anymore because it's who you are. And that's why your new man plan, I want to make some new man plans today, new woman plans where it's like, no, this is who I'm going to be. So like, you and I fight for that stuff, and then it's like I hit lunchtime, and I'm, and even though I'm pastor, I'm just a bit disconnected from God and a bit frazzled by lunchtime normally. So we'll been go, and I've got a whole lot of things going on in my head, and, and so that's when I do my daily office. I stop, and it's silence, and it's just trying to commune with Jesus, even though my head's like a little squirrel on V, just flying around a million miles an hour, and it's like, you know. Uh, <laughs> And, and I'm like, no, Jesus, you. And, and when I do that, I finish that time and it's a total reset. It's like going for a swim in the middle of a hot day. It's just, I'm, oh, it's a, new, it's a total reset. And then recently, and this has been a fight that I'm just beginning to win, the end of the day, uh, I want to just spend the time reflecting on my day, sitting with Jesus once more, 
uh, and just ex- and I'm using often a prayer of exam and just reflecting on my day. Where, where was I doing well with you, Jesus? What do I need to bring to you where it was a bit wobbly? And just once more sitting in his presence as I finish the day. And the accumulated effect of, of getting back on the wagon, and I, I've done it just time and time again, and not giving up this fight, holding firmly to the faith that I profess, and not being discouraged when my lack of discipline once more sees me go for a week or two and it's really rubbish and all of that. The, the accumulated fruit is like I feel like I'm living the way that God has hardwired me to live in such a way that it's like I have more peace, more joy, more capacity, more margin. And the, when the pressure, because the thing is, like on a good day when we've got that stuff going on, life's sweet, it's beautiful. When the pressure comes on, you are going to be so grateful you've got these rhythms. When the pressure comes on and, and, and unexpected grief or just a real heartbreaking moment, it's like you're going to be grateful you've got these rhythms. They just lock you into God and he becomes truly a source of refuge and refreshment for us. One of the areas that sounds like I'm smashing it that I know I need to put some agendas at the kids' church. Uh, one of the areas I know I need, this is a confession, I need to put some intentionality around behind at the moment once more is my physical exercise, you know, just being honest, uh, confessing that publicly, uh, which is a lot easier uh, when Jen's not in the room. Um, <laughs> she loves holding me accountable to these moments. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not tell her to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Um, and I need that for my own for mental health as much as the fact it's good for you. You know, I, I have to. And the Holy Spirit, because again, we have this dualism that says certain things are spiritual and certain things are not spiritual. So running isn't spiritual, but reading my Bible is spiritual. We've got to get past that really broken platonic thinking, that dualism that, that is in our thinking so often and go, you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to lead us into all truth, into all life. And if this, this world, this body, everything's a beautiful gift from God. That he created. I'm going to talk about this maybe next Sunday because it's now like, oh, I can talk about things. I may even talk about the way the Rugby World Cup is a spiritual thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because it's like, it's crazy that Christians would get all, like, oh, no, we shouldn't. It's like, yes, get emotionally involved and love it. It's part of the beauty of the God, of the world that God made anyway. But, but so that. <laughs> Of course the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you about diet or about exercise or about because he wants you to live life well. He wants his life in all of its fullness. I am the life, said Jesus. And I am utterly convinced, even though it's a mission, that there is a beautiful, beautiful life found in Jesus. When we choose to be radically obedient to his way of living, it brings such beautiful, deep life. Uh, And so we can have all the good intentions in the world, but we have to get to the point where there's some nitty-gritty about when, about where, about how these things are going to happen in our lives, and this is where the rule of life comes in. And so um, we've got plenty of time, which is good. So Peter Scazzaro breaks it down to these different compartments of your life, but we're going to do a slightly different model in a second, but you will do this in your bay groups this morning if you are doing the Emotionally Healthy course. And if you've fallen off the wagon with it, can I encourage you to get back on the wagon and finish strong this last week? Because um, it's not as horrific as what you've looked at in the past. Um, prayer, for example. So how does that dynamic of your life, what does that look like? Rest. I love that God wants this to be an intentional part of our lives. As I said uh, at the Sabbath thing, for retired folks or unemployed folks, I think we need to focus on filling our days with delight. 
And for those that are foot to the floor and all go, we need to, to, to let go of the idolatry of keeping on going and we need to stop and rest. Uh, but whatever it looks like, that, that we'd have beautiful, rich Sabbath days uh, that are just filled with God's goodness and, and uh, enjoying Him. Work and activity, service and mission, care for the physical body, relationships, emotional health, family, community. What are, how does it look like for us to be intentional in this? All right, so let's hand this out and I'm going to talk your way through it. Uh, can I have some help here? Just thanks, guys. Now, I've bought pens. Even though I said on the, um, on the Facebook page, can you bring pens? I have bought pens. I am so organised, which is a miracle. And here's what we're going to do. Rather than just living our weeks by default, what we're going to do this morning is take a step back from our normal days and weeks and analyse, is it working and how do I really want them to look? Otherwise, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and it's just another day, it's another Monday, it's another week. So instead, we're going to take a step back. So here's what I'd like you to think about. Christ-likeness. So the first thing I want you to think about is, do you have a picture of who you want to become? Is there like a spiritual hero for you? For me, it was my grandfather, Pop, Bruce Huff to you, uh, who was just, who's, he's like, man, here's a picture of a person I want to be like. I want to be like Bruce Huff when I get older. When I'm an old man, I want to be like Bruce. Do you have a, a vision or a picture about who you want to be as you uh, continue to go through life? Secondly, be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. Are these three goals your top priority? What is the evidence that these are your priorities? If not, what are your top priorities? Good thing to think about. Life and community, this is a big one. Who is my community? Could you tell me who they are? Not people that you randomly connect with, not your online community, not people you see sporadically. Who are you doing life with? Who are you seeing it? I would suggest weekly, and can you go deeper in those relationships? Passive spirituality. You are in a phase of life right now. Uh, and there are invitations and limitations that you need to be aware of in that, in that space. So how can you work with God in the season of the life that you're in? What are the limitations you have to embrace? And what are the opportunities in this season that I can leverage and enjoy? Active spirituality. What are the spiritual disciplines I'm really wanting to establish in my life? Are there specific areas of brokenness like sins, wounds, or habits that the Spirit is leading me to fight? So what are the things that you are actively going after? Teaching. What can I, steps can I take to really be filling my heart and mind with truth? And then what does my week look like with these priorities in place? What does my Sabbath look like? So what I'd love you to do, this is, honestly, if this is the only thing you do, this is the one I'd like you to do, is uh, at the back of the page or wherever you want to do it, literally write down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, morning, lunchtime, evening, or however you want to break it up, and go, here's what I'd love. Now, this isn't where you're at. I don't want you writing down what you're doing. Here's what I'd love to be doing. Here's what I'd love my days to look like. And, uh, and think about maybe the exercise thing, but particularly, uh, obviously, the devotional side of things. What could it look like? Uh, with the season that you're in, with the limitations that you're in, uh, with the, uh, the opportunities you have, what could it look like? And, and try and get as specific as you can. In my experience, the more specific you get, the higher chance something will happen. So I'm literally like at seven, like 7.30, this happens. And before I go to bed, I go to my office and the thing happens. Or uh, to get out of my office for my lunchtime, I have to go up here. On the Sabbath, again, this isn't all like, should, should, it's like on Sabbath, I'm like, this is what I want to make sure I do on my Sabbath because so, I know that 
That's important. So for me, food, big thing. So I've got to have some really nice food on the Sabbath. That's got to go on the list. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have some nice food. What can I do to make sure I have some really nice food? Okay, so go for it for a little, uh, for I'll give you 10 minutes or so and uh, and answer what you can. Allow the Holy Spirit to uh, lead you in terms of what you'd like to focus on. And let's just make some new man plans about what we would love uh, to be walking into. Interrupting this podcast, obviously, if you are keen to do this exercise, you can head on over to our website, which is bayvinyardchurch.org. There you'll see a tab for teaching slides and notes, and you are more than welcome to download the PDF that has the spiritual formation plan on it and hit pause on this podcast and, uh, yeah, do the exercise that the congregation did this Sunday. God bless. Okay, uh, we'll come into land there in terms of just that time processing um, some of that stuff, but it would be good for you to continue, obviously, to, as we go into this week, we're going to be looking at this uh, in terms of the last week of our Emotionally Healthy course, uh, and hopefully, if you're not in an Emotionally Healthy group, then hopefully this will be helpful for you in terms of going, yeah, I'm going to make a new man plan, tired of the way I'm living, or I want to I want to be a bit more intentional about this component of, um, of my life. What I'd love to do as we finish is I'd love just to pray for us. I'd love to invite the Holy Spirit to come because this is an area where there's just enormous battle for every one of us. There's a massive battle for this side to you know to be intentionally formed to be like Jesus. It's just there's no bigger battle. I'm I'm feeling it even even as we um, as we lead the church down this road, like just the battle that is on to the temptation for pastors to have snazzy Sundays and do a camp and have some events and stuff, but not actually pursue discipleship, pursue formation, pursue uh, becoming like Jesus and, and learning to be with him and allowing him to transform us and to, to actually not tack on Jesus, but allow him to or- reorientate the entirety of our lives and the fruit that comes and the healing that comes and the joy that comes and the life that comes when we do that. I mean, it's just, it's just so beautiful and it's so worth it, but it's a fight. It really is. And so I'd love us to pray, um, especially for those of us that just have felt discouraged. You know, it's just like, oh man, you know, I just feel like I'm struggling on this area of my life, and um, and you're embarrassed to talk about how things look right now. It's okay, it's okay, and we just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with a, a godly resolve. We don't have to do this on our own by gritting our teeth. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the environment that we make all of these decisions in. And he's with us and for us. Um, but also, I'm praying that for some of you this morning, it's this sense of like, that's it. Tomorrow morning, we're back on the wagon. Or this afternoon, we're back on the wagon. That'll, be, that'll make all my dreams come true. I'd be so encouraged if that was the case. And I'd just love to pray that the Holy Spirit would uh, just come and, and just fill you with a vision for what normal, a new normal looks like. Let's stand together.